0: Ladies and gentlemen, you know, Raw's been Raw for a while now. And I know that we said that it's December, and this is how December goes, and yeah, 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 yeah. But SmackDown and NXT were really good this week, and Raw was still Raw. Raw still doesn't know how to work with its three hours. So, I'm going to open up the podcast coming right at Darnell. I want to know why this is still the case. I think that we're giving Raw too many excuses. I think we've been giving Raw too many excuses all year. And this week, I want to hold Raw accountable. So sit back, relax, put your feet up, eat some popcorn, drink a soda, and listen to this somewhat brief discussion of how everybody else is better. But Ross still ain't catching up.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wrestling fans of all ages, we are back for another week of the Playmakers Blog Podcast Wrestling Edition. I am the host of the wrestling Side, Dallas Glenn, and as always, to the left of me, Darnell the Playmaker Solins. How you doing today, Darnell?
2: I'm good. I'm doing better than I did yesterday.
1: Oh, well, hey, you know, hey. So... Another week where it's not a go-home week, another week where Raw has been Raw. Darnell, I want to open up with a question. I know last week we kind of sort of just wrote off December being December as a way to like, you know, lessen the pain of just how bad Raw has been and clearly just how bad Raw is going to be, but how can we just write off and say December is going to be December when as of right now it's only the 7th and Raw and SmackDown have rebounded from the debacle that was Survivor Series in the post Survivor Series shows. It seems like Raw is the only show that refuses to be any good.
2: As I stated last week, there's one pay-per-view left of the year. Remember I said, you're gonna get some entertainment. They're not just gonna boy everything. Y'all. You're gonna get some entertainment. They giving us some entertainment. They wanna they wanna make sure they end they the year up alright. Cause you know at you know after TLC, which is a week from Sunday, is pretty much Christmas holiday. Tribute to the troops. Oh it is everybody. Once we get past TLC, the thing is, stay healthy because the Warrior Rumble's coming. Pretty much, you can say after TLC, they have, even though they still be doing shows and stuff like that, they have what, about a month and a half to get ready for Warrior Rumble, which is the, the world of WrestleMania. Yeah. And as you stated last week, that's pretty much the goal for everybody to get to WrestleMania because nobody knows who's going to be on the card for WrestleMania. It's very true. But They're they, they going to keep it interesting. I think what's going on is we've been through this for like almost a whole year. That saying don't really put too much in for this on December It's kind of like, dude, we've been going through this all year. But trust me. Relax. Enjoy the month of December. Just enjoy it. Don't don't dive in too deep into it. Just enjoy the month.
1: I get that. I'm not saying your point is wrong. But it seems like as soon as we try to find a logical and reasonable excuse for raw, something else happens whether it's an injury that puts one of their matches in doubt, whether it's an injury that forces them to redo the Universal Championship and put a back, back, back on Brock Lesnar, whether it's an injury that forces them to put somebody in a managerial role, then it comes out that they're cleared, then it comes out that they might not be cleared. I mean, even, even a brand versus brand match that gets messed up by a Raw superstar. it's It's like... This is, this is an issue. Because yes, there's TLC. And yes, we're going to talk about TLC next week. And yes, there are some interesting matches on TLC. We're not just going to completely leapfrog it and just start thinking about the road to WrestleMania. But the thing for me is, long term, Vince is not going to give SmackDown anything that makes it look like a top brand. Two SmackDown superstars won the Royal Rumbles last year. Both of them lost at WrestleMania. So I know Superstar wins Money in the Bank last year. He loses straight up. At least Braun Strowman was like a no contest. Like I, I don't know because with Roman on an injury, with Brock Lesnar in this part-time deal, with Becky Lynch being on SmackDown, with Ronda Rousey being this young tank that they have to build up and probably give an Oscar-like run, which means there's not going to be a lot of title changing and exciting moments in the women's division. Just good matches. I don't know. Being worried about it is not necessarily going to fix anything. But I don't know if we could just if we could just put it on December because I feel like that's us trying to find like another excuse of why Raw is the way that it is. Whether it's rushed because they have four pay per views in eight weeks whether it's because they have to hurry up and do TV, because they have to fly to another side of the world, whether it's because, you know, how is how are you supposed to really go on after somebody announces they have cancer? It's just, it's a lot of things and a lot of excuses we give to the flagship show. And I just don't know if we're supposed to give excuses to a show that can win 6 nothing. We're not supposed to be giving excuses. I think people are right to be so hard on Raw. And with that... Darnell, what was your favorite part of Monday Night Raw this week?
0: Hmm,
2: favorite part of Monday Night Raw. I don't want to say I had a favorite part, but I will say somebody somebody had a glorious night. No pun intended. Hmm. Sam Balor had a great night on Monday night.
1: Hmm. Explain.
2: First off, we finally got the segment that we was looking for between Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's officially over now. Mm-hmm. They try to do this uh, appreciation night for Drew McIntyre.
1: Yeah.
2: Try to get him a gold medal. Taking mm-hmm. shots at Kurt Angle. Ooh. Remember that. Because Kurt Angle still ed- is still the general manager overall. Drew, Drew and Dolph had a battles of words. They get put into a into a match. Dolph wins. Why does Dolph win? Because of Finn Balor. Okay, now you think Finn Balor has appeared. We're not gonna see Finn Balor no more in that night, right? Mm. No, Elias comes out. Him and Bobby Lashley get into it again. Leo Walsh tries to interfere. He he goes running on hiding. Bobby Lashley runs to the back because he ain't trying to get hit by a guitar. All of a sudden, Leo Walsh gets thrown back on stage and gets crushed with a guitar. Do him on stage? Finn Balor! Okay, that's twice we don't see Finn Balor in one night. We sure we can't see Finn Balor no more, right? Mm -hmm. No! Jinder Mahal is in Baron Corbin's office. Allow me to take care of Finn Balor. Go right ahead. Finn Balor versus Jenna Mahal. Who wins the match? Finn Balor. Finn Balor went three for three on Monday Night Raw.
1: You know, <clears throat> and it's interesting because I'll tell you my favorite part and it actually relates to that. Finn Balor is, like, the seventh-round draft pick who you're, you aren't playing because that position is, like, stacked up. Say Finn Balor is a cornerback, which makes sense. Look at him. You have two all-pro cornerbacks. One goes down for the year for injury and costs a lot of money. Finn Balor comes in, plays lights out, makes the Pro Bowl in, like, ten games. Oh, Wow. Where'd this guy come from? Was he on the practice squad? No, he was there the whole season. Hey, where'd Finn Balor come from? Did we just call him up? No, he's actually the first ever universal champion. Wait, we had a former universal champion on the roster and we're pushing guys that we don't even know are going to get over besides Drew? Mm Mm-hmm. And we're doing wacky segments, like just to fill time twice a week? Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Huh huh, I'm glad Finn Balor was so featured because what's happening now, and this is not the way you want it to happen. This is not the way you want it to happen. But because injuries have happened, because they can't lean on Bliss right now, because they can't lean on Roman right now, because they financially can't afford to lean on Brock right now, you have to have people step up it's not a matter of chasing that brass ring anymore. You need to actually give people chances to execute once they get on camera. You can't do the whole like, well, what does that even mean? And blah, blah, blah. And then the little, no, 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 Braun Strowman's going down with minor injuries. He is slowly but surely breaking down because he did have an elite strongman career before he ever started pro wrestling, which means his body's about to be shot in five years. You got people on the roster. That still, and I'm not gonna hold on to like you know rematches and stuff like that. Finn Balor got his rematch. Kevin Owens has it. But you still have two young guys, the first two ever in Universal Champions. One's hurt, but he'll come back eventually. Hopefully before WrestleMania. One, however, is right there. So, as you try to push somebody like Drew McIntyre, and transitioning to what I like the most, you need Drew McIntyre to have top guy feuds. You need storylines where people can care about Drew McIntyre and really dig their teeth in. like, wow, he's a dick. He sucks. What better way than to simultaneously have his former tag team partner get a win because his current rival... Stepped in where his business... Stepped in That's things that weren't his business and where he didn't belong. The whole Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre segment was well done to me because Dolph Ziggler, as we all know, his role is that vet that's supposed to help introduce the NXT call-ups. This time, he actually got to get a championship out of it. But we all knew... That Drew was going to be the next guy. WWE can afford to have, you know, chasing a babyface, chasing a babyface. If Finn works out, if Dolph works out, if another babyface works out, cool. But they can't just sit here saying top baby type, top babyface, top babyface, top babyface anymore. They need somebody who can go against Brock regardless of alignment. So what I like is Brock ain't going to wrestle at TLC. We, he's not going to wrestle at TLC. So we're not going to have a Universal Championship match at TLC, which means that we need something we can care about. Because Seth and Dean are doing their thing for the Intercontinental Championship, and that's unfortunately getting sour with a lot of people. So I'm just very interested in how none none of these feuds are for a championship, but I feel like this is the beginning to the establishment of Drew McIntyre as that cold-blooded, I don't care. I don't care if we won championships together. I don't care if you're smiling on your Twitter all the time. I, do- I don't care. You're in my way. That big behemoth is in my way. I want that red belt. So I like how they did that. I feel like it was like a bright spot in a, in a show that wasn't terrible compared to other ones, but still pretty dull. Now, the women's took a step down. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah.
2: But it's good to see all this.
1: I mean, like I said, it's it's there. Whatever her health status is right now, that this is exactly why they kept her on TV. Guys like you,
2: to be on TV. This whole now this. What open forum thing? Yeah, that didn't work.
1: That's what People people blew that thing up in the middle of it. I'm surprised they were able to keep such a straight face and keep plowing through because people were people weren't feeling that.
2: You know. And Ronda Rousey. I have a problem with Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Does every ain't
1: got to be a tap out? It's kind of like, I mean, the bars are finished, but dude, I get your point. And that's what I was alluding to earlier. Like, you know, Rhonda is Rhonda. Let's be honest, dude. She, and as far as the WWE women's division goes, she is the most crossover star ever. She might be the most crossover star on the roster because Brock, as far as real fighting goes, is at the tail end of his career. There's a reason why Brock is taking so many spot fights. There's a reason why Brock is really only coming back for a heavyweight title shot. Brock doesn't have a full MMA career left. Ronda, who knows? When she starts taking one-off fights, then that's when the money is going to start coming through. But as far as being a pro wrestler goes, that's the problem. You can't put Ronda on NXT to develop. But at the same time, it's like, this is the flagship show. And she's tapping out the whole division? Like,
2: you know, when Ember Moon hit the Eclipse on Tamina, I wanted Ronda Rousey to pin her.
1: Yeah, it was it was perfect. Or debut a new slam or something. A new judo throw, like, like something. Just pin her. The match is done.
2: The Eclipse has hit. The match is done. She ain't kicking out.
1: Yeah, because you know the eclipse is basically like a um, it's kind of like a twisted bliss into a stunner. So like you know, Tamina didn't have to fall on the ground. She could have been dazed, and Ronda could have you know debuted a new finisher like a, a slam. But yeah, to just to just drag her, and then you know, because technically Tamina supposed to be knocked out. How is she even aware to like tap out if she's unconscious? It's, I mean. Like, Kurt Angle had the Olympic Slam and the ankle lock. Two other people's credits, though, Roddy Piper and Bret Hart, I think they just had submission finishers. I don't think they had pinfall finishers. I mean, Bret would do a pile drive every once in a while, but I don't really think they had submission finishers. But then again, here's also another difference, Darnell. Roddy and Bret were, like, established. I don't think Roddy ever even won a WWE championship. The difference between this and Ronda is Ronda is tapping all these people out while being the champion, while wrestling for less than a calendar year. Her first wrestling match was um WrestleMania, right? Yep. Yeah. She hasn't even been wrestling. She hasn't even been training. She hasn't been in the ring for a whole year. And she's tapping out the whole roster on the flagship show. I mean, Ross is supposed to be like the New England Patriots, the Golden State Warriors, the Boston Red Sox. Like, Raw is supposed to be like, you know, when you're on this roster, you do things this way. When it's time to face people from other rosters, we dominate. Then we look internally for what we could do better. We're supposed to be so good that we can only fix we. There is nothing else that anybody can do to expose a flaw. And it's just, you know, you see the segments with Sasha and Bailey. You see them teasing, you know, being the first ever women's tag team champions. And then
2: and this is this how we're going to start the women's tag team
1: division. With with awkward runouts where Alexa Bliss looks like it wasn't her fault and she's clapping after Bailey and and um Sasha, like when I look at Sasha and Bailey's tag team finisher, it goes to your point again. Sasha and Bailey's tag team finisher is a backstabber into a belly to belly suplex. Now, if they get crisper, if it's like more fast, if it looks like more deadly, I guess. But backstabbing the belly to belly suplex after we had pedigree into sweet chip music (laughs) for a while—I don't know if that's the combo finisher I'm looking for. I just
2: felt the new finisher anyway.
1: I mean, you know, NXT a belly to belly suplex might have been cool, but that's the thing. It's like you know, as as it goes on. As ba- Bailey eventually develops her character because Sasha's been turning heel against Bailey. How long? Eventually, they need, they need to just turn the plug on, pull the trigger on Bailey. Because, I mean, is this yeah,
2: it's another thing in that open forum, too?
1: Yeah, they did. They did. Because I'm sorry, Darnell, even though a belly to belly suplex is a traditional wrestling hold. That can be used in any type of wrestling or grappling. I don't think a belly belly suplex is going to beat Ronda Rousey. I don't. I don't think that's working, Chief.
2: So if Bailey is ever make sure nobody gets involved when I say they teach something else. Sasha Banks calling out an announcer. Mhm A certain somebody. So pretty much, there's two open doors right now.
1: Well, I mean, if you're gonna do that kind of tease, you might as well just say who it was.
2: Everybody know how Corey Grace feel about Sasha Banks, Mm-hmm. and she called him out. So two doors are open. Are they gonna go to women's tag team division, or when the Sasha Banks backstab Bailey? Mm. Two doors are open. Which one they gonna choose? Because one is coming.
1: But knowing WWE's pacing and timing. I mean what I'm holding out hope at the Royal Rumble. Because if they announce it at the Royal Rumble, they have time to develop it and then, you know, have the actual match at WrestleMania.
2: Oh, so you are looking for the
1: backstabby? No, I'm looking for the tag team championship.
2: You looking for the tag team championship. Okay.
1: The backstabby, dude, let's be real. Raw Raw is so dull, it doesn't hurt them to do anything on TV. They do not need to save that for the pay-per-view. If anything, they need to do it so they can have that match at the pay-per-view. Because if I remember correctly, the last time they did the backstabbing and they just like erased the feud and beef altogether, I don't even think it made it to the next pay-per-view.
2: See, they each other, to they hi, it's two best friends fighting. Because they haven't that not having the results that they want. That's thing was what they did the first time around. Yeah,
1: and now and now they're back together at a, a weird thing. And now they're tagging together, and they're the Boston Hug connection. They have a name, they have a combo finisher and all that, but it's like... Bailey and Sasha can be... Like, right now Sasha is still one of the most stand wrestlers on the entire roster. Which shows just how much she's connected with the audience. Because the way that they booked her in her title runs... The way that they book her now, I'm surprised people still care about her that much. People should still care because people still care about Heath Slater. But, I mean.
2: Pretty much. If you want to really look at the top woman on the the Raw roster, it's not Ronda Rousey; It's actually Shasta
1: Paints. It is. Oh, it is. If you look at the fan reaction, if you look at how her matches go, if you look at how Sasha can have a decent five to six minute anything with anybody, Sasha can go out there and just have a garbage time match, and it will be decent. It's like like the top guy or gal is not always the one who's holding the belt. Sometimes the one who's holding the belt needs the belt to get over. That has nothing to do with if they're the best in the division.
2: And quite frankly, just to prove your point, Seth Rollins is not even the top guy on RAW right now. It's Drew McIntyre.
1: Oh 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 yeah oh. Oh yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. If next week Vince were to put Drew and Seth in a match we wouldn't even have to worry about Dean screwing him over. We wouldn't have to worry about Dolph trying to screw Drew over. Drew would. It wouldn't matter. It would not matter. Like and Vince is going to keep those two far away from each other. He's going to keep Drew and Seth far away from each other. Because on one hand the, of the Championship is the only singles belt right now, but Drew does not need that belt. He's already had his mid-card belt. He's already had his time, you know, being a lackey in a faction. He's already had his time competing against lesser competition. Like, he's about to be in two feuds at once. He's clearly the top guy. He is being heavily featured. And now he's in a faction with the um the general manager. So he's basically the muscle for the general manager, which means he's playing super politics. Sasha, Sasha Banks being in the tag team with Bailey, and them teasing the women's tag team championship so much, they're trying to find a way to put a build on Sasha. They're realizing that you know Sasha just back here every week, and we can't move her to SmackDown. We need her here because if we move Sasha to SmackDown, who in the hell besides Nia? is going to be able to have a realistic match with Ronda Rousey.
2: Yeah, they don't want to put Sasha on SmackDown. SmackDown Women's is getting heated.
1: But it's not that. Because you know if they put Sasha on SmackDown, they're going to take other people. But it's like, do you really want to take Becky off of SmackDown? Do you want to take Charlotte off of SmackDown? We've seen what happened with Oscar and Raw. We've done that story. Oscar's going to go into further oblivion, even though there's nobody to face Ronda Rousey. You know, so it's like, you know, yeah. But... To transition, because let's be nothing. Nothing else was on dope on Raw. I'm, I'm sorry, no, there was nothing else of real note. The SmackDown Women's Division and SmackDown itself this week really made me wonder: Is it the writers? It can't be the wrestlers, but is is it the writers? Because Vince is at both shows. What what is the difference? Because SmackDown's Women Division this week was crazy? We had we had Maddie Rose and Sonya Deville getting a big win. Wasn't it Sonya that got the pin on Charlotte after Oscar kicked the hell out of Charlotte's face?
2: Hey, I know I know they try to I know they saying it was an accident that Charlotte kicked Oscar. I don't really know it. I think Charlotte so. didn't give a damn.
1: She didn't. She saw what happened and she was perfectly fine. Oscar, however, she was not. <laughs> Oscar hit a goddamn Gregory Helms shining wizard in the middle of a penitent. She was not happy. And then she didn't she care that they lost. Walked out the ring, touched the ropes and everything.
2: They all stood there with Becky on the outside and is I'm like, I can't wait for TLC for this one.
1: But like, was it's it Ma- was it was it Mandy or Sonya that got the pin? It was Sonya. See, this is this is what I'm talking about. See, and and then I'm gonna go to another thing. Sonya just randomly getting in the mix. You know, she's in the five on five match at Survivor Series. She's in a battle royale for number one contender. She she's 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 she's, she's starting to get more action. Don't 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 just, don't just say
2: that there's anybody. What she was the final two.
1: Oh, oh yeah, that's what I mean. Like Sonya Deville is starting to get a lot of action if you really pay attention. And I say this every week. If you really pay attention, you're getting what you want in the women's division because of Sonya Deville. And
2: they Mandy put, Rose needs to have a mic every week.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, I, I don't know what their main roster equivalents are. All I know is that if they were on the male roster, they, th- this would not be happening. When do you randomly see C N Almas getting big wins and big pins? When do you randomly see, who's somebody who's going on the mic but just ain't? Who, when do you randomly see Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel after getting absolutely destroyed? When have they been on TV? When if the Revival won a match? Like, dude, Sonya Deville is actually getting a lot of action. You got to pay attention to that, especially because it's WrestleMania season. Vince isn't going to do a shakeup until after WrestleMania. That being said, it's going to be very interesting because Sonya Deville, obviously, is an MMA-style pro wrestler. Ronda Rousey, obviously, is an MMA-style pro wrestler. The more credibility Sonya Deville gets, I don't know if they're going to be able to get her there in time because the dra- the shakeup is going to happen before Money in the Bank if it does happen. But if they can build her up, by the time all that's supposed to happen, I want to see a Ronda Rousey-Sonya Deville match. That's interesting to me. That's an intriguing concept. And you start the build for Sonya now. So it's like while you have Becky Lynch, while you have Charlotte, while you have Asuka, not only do you build up the heat between all three of them in the rivalry, but you're also giving somebody else a rub. And then her partner too. Right when you thought they were about to break up because they were jealous of each other, they realized we're way more effective when we work together. I mean, maybe not in five-on-five matches, but, you know, in tag matches, we're a pretty good team. Going forward, there might be a tag team championship we might need to start thinking about. So that's interesting. Going into the thing I was alluding to earlier, because, correct me if I'm wrong, Darnell, I not was Shinsuke even on TV? Did he even have a promo?
2: No, I don't think. No.
1: Okay, no
2: damn, he really didn't. But going to, somehow, um, some um, that U.S. title can't get away from you, sir.
1: I just, oof. I mean, I, I feel like because Jeff Hardy is Jeff Hardy, they had no choice but to have the U.S. title on TV. But it's starting to go down that slippery slope again. Like, dude, I, I, I don't know, but. Speaking of somebody who's been built, speaking of somebody who's built to a point, The Miz isn't the biggest story in what was the top feud of the night. But Darnell, how did we get to the point where The Miz can tap out clean in the middle of the ring and we don't really think nothing of it? The Miz's stock, there's no way that the Miz's stock can go down. Get hurt before a tournament final, that's Miz being the Miz. Tap out in the middle of the ring after talking all that good flim-flam all night, that's Miz being the Miz. Get you the- know why?
2: The Miz does such great promos. time you turn around, no matter what happens, at the end of the day, what he said was right.
1: <laughs> it's like... The Miz, I don't know if people realize this. The Miz is basically what Gold Dust was supposed to be. The Miz is basically what you know Lance Cade was supposed to be. The Miz is what Billy Gunn was supposed to be. The Miz, was, the Miz is basically that top mid card guy. The Miz is the guy where it's like, dude, I don't know if you're ever gonna win another world championship. But I know you might win another Intercontinental Championship. I know you might be a King of the Ring finalist. I know you might win another Tag Team Championship. You might need to win the United States Championship. The Miz is like always in the mix for everything but the world title.
2: The the Miz is the guy who tells it like it is, and he don't care what you have to say about it. Because he knows when it comes to the end of it, you're going to be right back on SmackDown, listen to the Miz, saying, I told you so.
1: It's all going to come full circle. It always comes full circle. I knew Daniel Bryant. He, he just wanted to hear him say it. A yes or no question. I mean, the brilliance of The Miz, and the reason why The Miz was in the top 10 of the PWI 500, is because the Miz, a he never gets hurt. He's a workhorse. That dude worked three matches on Tuesday. He worked the TV match. He worked the Mixed Max Challenge, and he did a dark match for the WWE title. So that's the first thing. He's a friggin' workhorse. But the Miz, the Miz himself. Oh man, with his ring style, the Miz has another decade to go. Oh, the Miz has a long... If Chris Jericho can be wrestling until he's 50, knowing how Chris Jericho used to get down when he was young, oh, the Miz has a long way to go. And, like, the way that they always have Miz get his comeuppance, the way that the Mizs get his I told you so's. Oh, man. Oh, that was... Dude, that was the best Miz TV maybe ever. That might have been the best... That was definitely the best Miz TV of this decade. Maybe there was another one with Miz and Morrison that I can't think of. But, oh, man, that was good. It almost makes you think that AJ Styles was kind of just like, you know, thrown in there. Because what made it hilarious was when AJ was trying to get to Daniel and the Miz was holding AJ's ankle and AJ stomped on him. That was a funny spot, but at the same time, it was like, wait a minute. Daniel Bryan took over a decade to finally listen to his NXT mentor. Could this be? You know, they were getting along during the Survivor Series um, buildup. You know, they were starting to see eye to eye. They were starting to agree with each other. It was kind of awkward and eerie how they were agreeing with each other. And now the Miz didn't want a championship match. The Miz didn't want anything except for his former protege to admit to his former teacher that he was right all along. A teacher just wanted his student to say thank you. And then the Miz helps Daniel Bryan when AJ Styles comes to get retribution for his hurt loins. Where do you think this is going to go now, Darnell? Yeah, we have a championship match at TLC, but I think there's something more intriguing going on here.
2: By the way, I let me get this right. was it good to see our truth wearing a old a old school SmackDown shirt? SmackDown shirt?
1: Oh man. Whew. Man.
2: Oh, that was great. But the Miz, man. The Miz. You know I don't like the Miz, but that dude there.
1: And that's the thing. It's, it's hard to like the Miz. Oh, but it's so easy to respect
2: him. That that guy can work. That guy can work. I asked for it and I got it. The Miz and Daniel Bryan on Miz TV, and I—I I didn't do it. It was just—it was. I was like, "We, ha- I have to hear the Miz say it was me that got you the way you are." It was me, Austin. It was me all along. You know,
1: SmackDown was actually... Man, I don't see no dumb moment SmackDown. Even the Triple Threat match. Oh, Between man. Match. Shout out to a Super Kick actually ending a match. How about that? You talk about unpredictability and anything can happen at any moment. A Super Kick won a match. Now, I noticed that they've been building up, like, the Super Kick and the Double Super Kick for the Usos. But, I mean... Jay Uso getting a singles win that got me. I ain't gonna lie, bro, that got me. Because Xavier Woods has been in the United States Championship Tournament, Uh, Cesaro, Cesaro, he's a former U.S. champion, but, and Jay, but you know, Jay and Jimmy, they're pure tag team wrestlers. So for Jay to get a, a triple threat win, I mean, hey, I mean, dude, it's... That's another match at TLC I'm looking forward to. That might be the match I'm looking forward to. Because I have a feeling that the way that this is going between Daniel Bryan and The Miz, it's one of those things where, it's yeah, we know how pro wrestling works, but, dude, you're lying. You're BSing if you're not going to hold a match where a title might change hands over a match where you know the title isn't going to change hands. That match is probably going to be good between AJ and Daniel. But we know the tag team match is going to be good, and there might be a title change.
2: That might be the match you're looking for, but the match are going to headline TLC is the women's match.
1: Oh yeah! Oh oh yeah! Oh yeah!
2: But which one? <laughs> Cause you know Vince. No. Now prom- Not not the tag team match, but the promo between Becky, Charlotte, and Oscar. You felt the intensity, man. They God. got
1: straight to the point. I know how Vince books. We know how Vince books. WWE is a star power promotion. Vince is going for the star power. He's going for the glitz. He's going for the glamour. However, hopefully he learned from Evolution and he's not going to put Ronda out to dry like that again. There is no way. There is no way Ronda and Nia are going to be able to fall that TLC match. That match needs to go on last. I don't know what he was thinking at Evolution. Evolution putting Ronda and Nikki Bella on after that last man standing match. Maybe he thought it was going to be a dud, whatever. But man, don't put that TLC match on before some regular singles match. You have to add a stipulation to that match or something between Nia and Ronda. Because you can't can't put Ronda out there like that. Ronda isn't ready to give you 60-minute classics yet. And I don't know if Nia is the one to be carrying Ronda in a main event.
2: Just be aware, it ain't black, but but it's hit. We 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 talk. We we throwing WrestleMania in your face. We throwing you lost of our series in your face. We throwing you can't even compete with our series in your face.
1: Mm. I'm like, yo, what a minute! Let's go then. I mean, it's
2: give it up the page though.
1: Give it up the page. No violence happened in this contract fire. No violence happened. I was like, well, Charlotte, so you're just gonna let your champion leave, and pages. <laughs>
2: Selfie, like I said, they gonna entertain you. You might not get everything you want, but you will be entertained.
1: Huh. This is true. This is very true. Going for as we get to wrap up. I mean, it's he really did have surgery on his elbow, Braun Strowman, and you know. Neglected to think about how much a strongman career could really wear on the body, then you add pro wrestling bumps. I don't really know. I care, but I don't know how his long term durability is going to come into play. But they're teasing the possibility of forfeiture a lot. Do you think that's so? Baron Corbin can legit forfeit if Braun can't go, but also for the big babyface pop when they're on like the count of like eight and Braun's music starts. Because I feel like they're really trying to keep that in their back pocket because it's kind of only a pro wrestler and an NFL player. Those are the only two athletes I know who are going to have surgery and try to rush back in three weeks. Yes, yeah, uh, I don't know. Could be. Because on it one hand, it's. No, but that's the thing. Like, think about it. I want to say that Braun was always supposed to squash Corbin in this match. And maybe that's how Kurt Angle comes back. And now Kurt Angle is the general manager that likes to wrestle every once in a while. But, I mean, Kurt could always be the one to come out and say, you're not just going to take my job just like that. And maybe Kurt could be the backup plan. Now this is all speculation, of course. But maybe Kurt could be like a backup plan. Maybe, you know, you know, he wins by forfeit and blah, blah, blah. And then Kurt's music hits and he's like, you're not going to take my job like that. Da, 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 da. I mean, they could make a big old thing of it and everything. And then Kurt can, you know, win that match, get his job back. Because let's be honest, Kurt's... It's part-timer. I don't think Kurt's ever going to get another title run because why would he want to be Intercontinental Champion? Maybe Tag Team Champion with a young star just to have that moment. But Kurt's ceiling is part-timer as far as being a wrestler goes. He's been training, which is why he's been, like, off TV as GM because he's been training for, like, another match. But that's that's where I'm going to because I don't know why Baron Corbin – Would sweep SmackDown six to nothing and still need to get his job back. I'm thinking that somehow, some way, this is all supposed to be towards Kurt getting his job back.
2: You would think so because if you swept down and Survivor Series and you still didn't get the job permanently, what is that left for anybody else to think?
1: Yeah, I mean it, and that's one of those those holes where it's like. I'd be damned if I had a job and I put up a performance like Baron Corbin put up at Survivor Series and I still don't get the promotion.
2: No, your yeah, that... reward? reward is that you got to fight the monster at the, at the last pay-per-view of the season. So, I'd
1: yeah. be, da- be damned if you fired me. I quit. <laughs> Going to go through all that and do all that.
2: And speaking doing... of... Tell us, um, allow me. Speaking of which... Thank you, Rhino. Mm. Thank you, Rhino. Mm-mm. For all the...
1: Yeah, I'll hold off of my thank yous because Heath and Rhino weren't doing anything. like they literally weren't doing anything, and now there's an NXT UK, there's NXT. now NXT does all these you know, partnerships with American Indies. Rhino, obviously, traveling all those hours just to sit in the back and catering. I wouldn't blame him if he wanted a change in scenery. Rhino was obviously near the end. That's something that we can't deny. But I don't think Rhino was, like, at at the end. They said that he did, like, a retirement speech thingy during the commercial break. But I honestly feel like it was during the commercial break for a reason. I feel like they would have let Rhino have that, because dude, Rhino's Rhino's been around. Some people don't think Rhino's a legend, and I wonder if they've watched anything but WWE in their entire lives. Rhino is a legend.
2: I mean, if you watch WWE, did did you not
1: see what what he did when he when he was introduced in the WWE? But dude, that's the thing is like if you just watch Rhino's WWE career, okay, I can understand. It's a lot of appearances on Sunday Night Heat hardcore championships, basically a lot of stuff in the tail end of the Attitude Era when the hardcore division was in its prime. After the hardcore division, he didn't do a lot. But dude, Rhino's Rhino's bread was not buttered in WWE. Rhino was like, I can't remember in the 90s, a young prodigy, a young superstar, a young ball of fire like Rhino. Rocky Maivia and The Rock, Rock, The Rock had to get through that to be The Rock. He was already in the game for, like, maybe three years, four years before Rocky Maivia finally got tired and he became The Rock. Stone Cold had been in the game for a long time. Dude, Rhino was, like, in his early 20s when he had his run in ECW where he won every championship but the tag team championship, I think. You know, he might have even won that. I don't know. I have to go back. I don't think he's an ECW Triple Crown champion, but I do know he's a former ECW World Champion. I think he won it, like, twice. So... so, Every
2: great side that you can think of, Rhino probably cut him in half.
1: Yes. Yes, like, Rhino and RVD had ridiculous runs. um, RVD was, like, champion for, like, 23 months. But Rhino... (laughs) Rhino is a legend. Rhino is going to be able to walk into any wrestling school, any room, and the the kids are going to shut up and they're going to listen. And if they don't, their trainers are going to kill them for it. Rhino is definitely the legend. I just don't think with the way that the independent scene is now that Rhino is completely done. So I'm going to hold off on all that until something else comes of it. But on that note, SmackDown was good. Raw wasn't. TLC. <laughs> NXT was good. Oh, yeah, NXT was great. You know, we got we got rolling elbows after matches. We got Shayna Baszler bullying people. We got steel cage matches being announced at NXT TakeOver Phoenix. I mean, it's great, dude.
2: Bye, champion.
1: <laughs> Oof. I, it's, the it's, champion look, making matches. The greatest sports entertainer of all time, Tommaso Ciampa. It's just, like I said, dude. The December excuse before the network really took off and before we could really see what was going on in FCW and NXT. Okay. Back when the brands were together and you know, the shows are basically identical except SmackDown was a week recap show. Okay. But dude, not when SmackDown and NXT came at us like they did this week. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But Definitely can't wait till that takeover. Ricochet defends next week. And yeah, I'm curious to see how Heath Slater's first match as a referee will be. And I'm curious to see how Drew McIntyre handles two feuds at once. But if you don't have anything else, Darnell, no, I know I don't have it. Hmm?
2: Let's see how they build up the final shows towards TLC.
1: Yep. If it's a week from Sunday, that means, yep, next week is the go-home week. So until then, everybody.